Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello, everyone. Dave. What? And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with good things, so Craig, good. This is really difficult for me, guys. I have so many good things. Uh, it's going to be hard for me to pick just one, but I think... May I May I make a suggestion? Yeah, sure. That you have a standing good thing in perpetuity to be your daughter, and that way she doesn't feel left out when she listens to this when she's older, <laughs> and then you can also do other things. Uh, sure. I, I don't know if she's going to listen to this in the future, but hey, there you go. Um, this week, uh, I'm going to go with my good thing to be, while hopefully you guys can listen in and actually play along with this, we have the Super Mario 35, which are, was released for free, assuming you have the Nintendo uh, online package for Switch or whatever the heck that is. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's just Super Mario Brothers, but... It's a, what is it? Is it a battle royale type thing? I don't know what they're called. Um, but it's it's that battle type system where you're essentially racing and playing against other players who are also playing the same stages as you. And you send each other enemies and you try to survive. And it's a lot of fun. Been playing it like every day. Uh, it's really good. And unfortunately, they said they're getting it, getting rid of it at the end of March, which is Nintendo being stupid. But hey, maybe if enough people keep playing it, they'll decide to keep it around. Because honestly, I think it's a great incentive to get Nintendo online just for this game. I think you also can get Tetris 99 as well, which is a similar type premise, only with Tetris instead of uh, Mario. I haven't played it because I'm bad at Tetris, but I am good at Mario. Um, Yeah, a lot of fun, guys. So I recommend it to our listeners in the future as well as our current listeners on the stream now. Uh, So the wife is playing that literally right now <laughs> nice that's why she had to grab the switch at the beginning of the pre-recording yeah. recording yeah right test uh, sesh yep and okay so i don't know that craig described it quite as well as like if you haven't played it i don't know that his description is going to tell you actually what it was so you're playing super mario brothers one for the nes and it's completely normal sort of uh 34 other people are also playing at the same time, and as you, like, collect things and kill enemies, it sends um, it sends some of those enemies to other players in their alone game. Um, you can buy power-ups with coins, and as you, like, kill things and collect things, you also get more time on your timer. And so, like, if you get hit by an enemy when you're Little Mario, you die. If you fall down a pit, you die. And if you run out of time, you die. And then, like, what level you go to next after collecting the flag or going in the final pipe um, is is kind of randomized. Yeah. With with a heavy lean toward, like, the... Actually, no. It is not randomized. There is a set sequence of levels that... Like, it it takes what everyone... All 35 people select the level that they wish to be in the queue, and it will somewhat not quite shuffle them together create a queue of levels that you go through in order 
unless you take a warp zone, in which case you can skip a little further in the queue, as in two, three, or four stages further in the queue. So there is a set order to the stages. But do you know you that actually, set order ahead of time? Not not, not when you first enter the game, but as Then you it play, is functionally randomized. Sort of. Um, and you can see the other players. While you're playing on your giant screen, you can actually see little pictures of the other players as well while they're playing through their stages. So therefore, you can get maybe a view into the future of what stages are about to come up. Or if you happen to be ahead, you'll know how far ahead because you'll see people playing earlier stages. And you can also choose like what criteria um, you want to send enemies to. Like you have four different choices. You have like random attacker, uh, lowest, lowest time, time, and I think highest coins. Most coins, yeah. And So you yeah. can target certain people based on those or you can actually directly select people as well so you don't even have to use the criteria although only attackers is the one that will hit multiple people which is great because you can send one enemy which multiplies to all of the other attackers that are currently targeting you and then when they send the enemy back let's say you send one bowser it suddenly becomes five bowsers which you then send back to the people and becomes 25 bowsers it's just a lot of fun yeah i was watching carl sagan 42 play yeah. on Twitch and he, he like the toxic. Yeah, he is he is like a top tier guy. So like his runs will last a while because he also has other top tier people queuing up with him at the same time. Like they've got yeah. a whole timing thing so that people in his chat can also join. And um yeah. Like there there were times where he had like at least 20 lakitus on the state on the screen at once. And then I don't know if he can like manipulate his like what what power ups he gets, but he was like he was like getting the exact power up he needed pretty much every time. Gmore so. was doing that too. I'm just wondering about that. You can press the button quickly to like stop the roulette, but I don't think it actually picks where it stops. I think it's just it was whatever it was going to give you anyway. It just happens to be what he needed. But there's only like what five things in the roulette anyway, so. And I think. Not- if you're if you're already big, mushroom is disabled. So, uh, no, you it can isn't? still get mushroom, huh. regardless if you're big or five fire flower. If you get the mushroom, it gives you extra time on the timer instead. It's just like if you collect the same power up twice. Okay, then he for sure was manipulating it because he at no point got any sort of duplicate power up from a purchase. Like he was exclusively getting like pows and stars when he needed them fire flowers when he was little like um i will point out that carl sagan 42 uh you can look him up on youtube as well as switch but he has made some videos on youtube about this if you want to see some gameplay uh similarly Juz cook he's another troll level he likes to play troll levels on mario maker he also has made videos on this cosmic one of the top probably the top super mario brothers runner has also made some videos on this and he does like tutorials on like how to collect a lot of coins how to unlock stages and i think he's going to make some videos on how the the best way to collect all the coins in each of the stages along with maps and everything so it's really good stuff um i recommend checking out any of those if you want to see what the gameplay looks like but i imagine most of our viewers at least have heard of this game because uh it seems very popular at least from my little bubble it seems very popular all right dave what's your good thing my good thing this week is a show called Comic Book Men. It's the Kevin Smith and his buddies 
running a podcast talking about the comic book store that Kevin Smith owns. And, you know, I'm not a huge comic book fan. I, I'm i kind of into it. I'm not into collecting or I'm not into collecting anything, really. But, like, uh, the show is exactly as entertaining as I need it to be. So I can watch it for the exact amount of time that I want to sit down and eat or whatever. So, like, it's it's a fun show, but I don't have to get too invested in it. So, you know, it's good. It's a good, like, all right, I need... I need something to do for eight and a half minutes. I'll just watch eight and a half minutes of Comic Book Man. All right. Uh, so my good thing this week, because it sounds like Dave's done. Uh, I thought you were going to interject because you like Kevin Smith. Uh, I haven't really followed Kevin Smith for a while. I like his older stuff, but anyway. Uh, well, it's cool. Like They've got celebrities in on most of the episodes, too, that come and visit the store. Yeah. But yeah, just uh, if you're even relatively into comic books it's like mildly interesting and can hold your attention for as long as you need it to at least in my opinion uh all right so yeah my good thing this week is battleground by jim butcher uh which is more properly the second half of peace talks that should have been left alone as one book or should have been split up way earlier in the process so it wasn't just We'll end this one here and add some extra scenes to pad out the length and then have the real book. Uh, so, Tori, you had previously said to me that you were going to wait until uh, Dresden was done because, presumably, because Peace Talks had left a bit of a bad taste in your mouth. Uh, no, it's because I didn't get that far into Peace Talks before I was like, wait, I don't remember who these people are or what their motivations are and... It just seemed like I needed to reread the whole series. Okay. Um, well, that's fair. Uh, I would. I was going to say that if, if it was because Peace Talks wasn't as good as you were expecting, then I was going to suggest that you read it in one go with Battleground, and that would fix a lot of the issues. Uh, because, because Battleground and Peace Talks together were originally written as one book, and then very late in the, in the process, I have, I have since learned, um, they were split up, like, right before the final draft, late in the process, from what, from my understanding. Uh, but yeah, if you, if you take them as one book, they're fantastic. It's great. Um, there's a lot of good stuff that happens, and a lot of bad stuff that happens in emotionally jarring ways that I don't want to go into spoilers. But Battleground, Jim Butcher, woo. Tori, what's your good thing? Well, it's the end of the gardening season. Things are starting to die. So before the long, dark winter that I will struggle to get through, I want to talk about my favorite flowers in the garden. This week, I want to tell you guys about marigolds. Marigolds are like a humble little flower. They're so small, but they grow crazy from seed. Like I started with a packet of marigold seeds and I ended up with a crap ton of marigolds, you guys. And every single plant has dozens of flowers and every single flower produces dozens of seeds so you guys i have so many marigold seeds i'm gonna have so many marigolds this next year and also they repel flies and ants so they're fabulous do they make a delicious salad or tea that i don't know i mean th things are allowed to just be pretty also but if they are also you know edible in some way that is that is good then Double bonus. Well, my dogs think they're edible, but you can't take their word for it because they think most things are edible. I mean, I'm willing to go with them on this one. 
And, you know, I don't want the listeners at home to feel like, oh, yes, they're definitely safe. But I did research plants that you shouldn't plant in a garden if you have dogs that eat your plants. Marigolds are not on that list. So they are dog safe. But there are other things that are not dog safe. So use your own common sense if you're planting a garden. Oh, I have just gotten a hand signal from my wife that may mean that she just got third in Mario 35. Or it may be that she wants to buy three new Switches. The world may never know. <laughs> Good job, Devin. She wants to buy one for Tori. Yeah, I think it's the three new Switches. Definitely. So. No, guys, because every year on Columbus Day, the library is closed because, you know, it's federal holiday. And that's when we have our annual staff training day. And it's also when they give out the annual staff awards that do come with a cash prize. And if I get an award this year, I'm buying a Switch. Well, I whether you get it or not, I think you deserve it because you are the best children's librarian that I know. Aw, thanks. I'm, am I the only one you know? I'm just checking. I think so. I haven't checked in on various other librarians that I know in a while. Well, I appreciate the sentiments all the same. Hey, but Tori. I have to remember, I did get a bunch of books for my daughter, so I have to tell you what the books are, and then you can recommend others. Yeah, you, you mentioned that last week, and we didn't get around to it. Yeah, you got a bunch, though. Um, all right, so, Dave, you didn't read anything this week. Nope. How could you, Dave? We did not in high school. Uh, instead, we should have... I don't, I don't think we discussed the format we were going to go with this one. Uh... But generally, when we do an overview, you give a two-minute breakdown of the plot of the thing we're overviewing. And the thing we're overviewing this week is three things. Can you break down the plot of three things in two minutes? Or do you need two minutes per thing? Uh, I don't have anything prepared, so we'll just do a, I'll just do it two minutes or less for each. Ready? All right. So we're starting wait, with wait, the 11th medal. Let's wait for wait. Craig to get a timer up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Count me in. I just gotta get it on the string. Alright, we're ready. In three, two, one, go. Kelsier learns how to be a Mistborn and how to smile as you learn how to play a tabletop RPG. Ten seconds. There's no freaking way that was ten seconds. What is wrong with your timer? Are, are you, do you want to waste time? What are you doing? That was it. I'm done. Oh, okay. we're just doing one at a time. Okay. So, restart the timer. You have either uh, five minutes and 50 seconds left or a minute five 50, minutes? depending on which way we're going with this. Oh, I see. So, Craig, count them down for Emperor Soul. Three, two, one, go. Uh, it's this girl, she's an outlaw for being somebody who creates uh, fabrications of things using a magic known as forgery. However, while she's in prison, the leaders of the nation require her help to repair the Emperor after he suffers serious brain damage from an assassination attempt. Is that it? Yeah. Uh, I guess she she does it, and then she escapes. The end. <laughs> okay, I'll give you about 25 seconds then, because I didn't stop it right when you stopped. So 25 seconds. Dave, you're killing it. All you right. ready for Shadows for Silence? Well, I don't have anything prepared, but... Are you mentally prepared? Yeah, I guess let's try it. Three, Can't take more than six minutes. Three, two, one, go. Um, 
Uh oh. Uh, shadows of undead shades ravage the land, and the uh, countryside people. There's this innkeeper, and she's secretly a bounty hunter, and uh, she she kills the tax. She doesn't kill the tax collector. Well, she kind of sticks her dead grandma on him. Um, but she hunts down this really good prize that's going to take care of her for a couple years, and people try to steal it away from her, but. Uh, she manages to turn in the tax man as he's dead and say that he was the guy that was the bounty hunter. And then, um, and she's got a daughter and a stepdaughter. The end. 56 seconds. We got a new world record in here. We, got, we came in under two minutes total for all three. All right. Well done, Dave. Uh, so what do we want to talk about with regards to the 11th medal as an overview? Do we want to break down all three, or do we just want to, like, talk about in general? I mean, let's questions. let's do one by one. Okay. So, does anybody have anything for the 11th medal? A story about a, a character whose arc we already know. <laughs> well, do we have any questions from Dave about, I don't know, anything? I, I feel no. like there's not a lot in this, because as Dave mentioned... There's not it's a just, lot. It's just set up for uh, a pen and paper type RPG to sort of get people familiar with what Mistborn is without having to read the whole Mistborn book. There's so cool magic and stuff. If you look at my rankings, it's pretty low on the rankings for me because I, I mean, I know Craig had a lot to discuss in Spoiler Town when we discussed this story, but for me, it's kind of, you know, we already covered it in Mistborn. It, it's just, it's entirely extra. Yep. But not extra in the make it big and great extra way. Just just extraneous. I have a feeling we're going to talk more about the other two short stories. But unless Dave has anything here. No, nothing comes to mind. Cool. All right. Uh, then... But should we, uh, should we do the lied. cast list? One thing came, one thing came to mind. I, I do like this as kind of a setup for Kelsier's personality. Like, he just lost Mare, and he's, you know, learning to cope with it and to put on a uh, put on a smile because the people around him are going to need him to be strong, you know? So, I like that. That's probably my favorite aspect of 11th Metal. Alright. So, yeah. I say we do the thing that Tori suggested, which is uh, we cover our cast list for the 11th Metal. Uh, which is pretty easy, because there's only three characters. Uh, so, Dave, you want to start us off? Who's your Kelsier? Uh, who? Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch? That's <laughs> 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 yeah, before. Uh, so I also kept my same Kelsier, which was Neil Patrick Harris. Craig? Yeah, I'm I'm going to keep... Go ahead, Tori. I was, I'm going to keep my same Kelsier, but I don't remember who it was, because we did that episode before we had a cast list channel. Yeah, that's my problem there. as well. I don't remember who my Kelsier was, but it's that guy. Okay, so Craig and Tori have cast nebulous actor who may or may not be Dave's also pick of Benedict Cumberbatch, we will never know. Uh, I do have one thing I could say, though, for my Kelsier. Um, I recently started watching The Boys on Amazon Prime TV, which, by the way, future good thing. Spoiler alert, future good thing. Um, and while he doesn't have the look, but Bill Billy Butcher sort of reminds me a little bit of Kelsier. Maybe Kelsier if he was even darker. But he, he has a little bit of that Kelsier going on, being a leader of the boys. I hmm, 
Has Carl Urban been blonde in anything besides Lord of the Rings? Heck if I know. I don't remember off the top of my head. Because I didn't like him blonde in Lord of the Rings. And Kelsier is blonde. I mean, yes, Kelsier is blonde, but, you know, he doesn't he doesn't have to be in our casting. But, again, um, it's more Billy Butcher rather than Carl Urban. So you're casting Billy Butcher as... Specifically sure. the Billy Butcher as portrayed by Carl Urban, but not necessarily Carl Urban. Yes. Because... I mean, in Way of Kings, didn't we, for rock, cast Ganondorf? Yes. So I... I feel like these cast lists are flexible, and we can do that. I, no, I'm, I'm not arguing that. I'm I'm just trying to establish exactly what we're saying here. Oh, uh, just you wait till my future casting in this. I episode. feel like I feel like Carl Urban is one of those actors that when you see him in a role, you think of him as that role rather than as, "Hey, there's Carl Urban playing a role," and that's just that's good acting, in my opinion. Yeah. See, when I see Carl Urban cast in something that is in any way nerdy, uh, I immediately up its quality by about 50% because he's attached to it. And he has such, like, a solid track record of, of yeah, like, bringing, bringing quality to just these incredibly nerdy um, projects. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, the, the point I was, I was getting to was that uh, show Billy Butcher is wildly different from comic book Billy Butcher. And, yeah, we would need to be sure to differentiate that. Well, I haven't read the comic, but I am curious about it now that I've seen the show. Uh, the show's better. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Hey, there's a, yeah, there's a thing that's better than the book. There we go. That's rare. Um, all right. Uh, who's next on the cast list? That is... Well, we asked Dave. Dave, who, who did you cast next in 11th Metal? Uh, Crazy Joe. Gemmel? Is that his name? Gemmel, yeah. For Gemmel, I have, and this is based purely on the illustration in Arcanum Unbounded, I have cast Bannon from Final Fantasy VI. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. It looks absolutely 100% like the guy in the illustration. All right. So, Craig, who'd, who'd you cast? I did Gary Busey. <laughs> I don't know. That also works. Yeah. <laughs> I need someone who's crazy. Sorry, that Gary Busey. That is quite good. Uh, I went with Bruce Spence, uh, who was in uh, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith as sort of a minor. He's an alien, and so he looks weird. Uh, he was in the, I think, just the third Matrix as the train man. Uh, and he was in the uh, Sword of Truth TV show Legend of the Seeker as Zedekus Zolzorinder, which okay. yet another thing that was better than the books by dint of largely ignoring the books. So I went with Vincent D'Onofrio because he straddles that line between he might be sane, but he might not really. Did I lose Tori or did Tori? I think we all me? lost Tori. <laughs> all right, bleeping that out. Sorry, <laughs> I thought she'd lost me. <laughs> Well, but then you came back in a rather spectacular fashion. <laughs> well, I am spectacular. Um, it's the guy with the bug suit from MIB. So I cast Vincent D'Onofrio because he straddles the line between he might be sane and he might not be sane pretty well. Uh, I was specifically thinking of his role in the Magnificent Seven remake. Guy's crazy. Is that Hagrid? 
No. No. Hagrid is Robbie Coltrane? Yes. I'd have to look it up, but I think that's him. He looks like Hagrid in this one picture. Was he in Game of Thrones the, or something? The bug who wears the human suit in Men in Black, also the Kingpin. Uh, also yeah, he's in, a great Kingpin. In Full Metal Jacket, he was uh, Private Pile. Vincent D'Onofrio. He's had a really huge career for years and years and years. He's been in tons of stuff. He's great. Wasn't he in one of the Law & Order shows? Oh, God. Who can keep track? Probably. Okay, the picture I'm looking at is from the NBC series Emerald City, and he looks like Hagrid. I don't know that series. Yeah, I don't know that one. Moving Why? on. Okay, no, hang on. I need to dig into this. How on earth did you look up Vincent D'Onofrio and get a picture of him from some show that none of us have heard of? Like, how is oh, that? I see it. How is that like the top result? You have to scroll down. A um, bit, maybe it's it. an upcoming show. Well, when I started typing it in Google, it automatically came up with net worth as the rest of the search. So maybe it was looking up a picture of him from an article talking about a new show that's coming out. Maybe. Cool. All right. Google no, went weird. I am, IMDb says that was in 2017. So, all right. Shall we continue? Yes. Yes. Uh, so, do you have anyone else, Dave? Because there's one I, other character. Uh, nope. I didn't cast the other, the, the guy, the, the noble dude. Craig, did you cast him? Nope. Uh, I have Toby Jones, uh, who is, um, gosh... Tori, you have cast him before in, in yes, I have. as something, and I don't remember what. Uh, uh, I did him as Scoot in Warbreaker. Okay. Uh, he was in The Mist. He was in Captain America, The First Avenger, and Captain America Winter Soldier as, uh, uh, gosh. As I'm Red Skull, little accomplice guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Arnim Zula. Doctor, that's the one. So yeah, in in the first one he's he's the uh the hench scientist and in Winter Soldier he's the uh he's the brain in a computer that has been piloting Hydra. Minor spoilers for a movie that's been out for years that literally everyone on the planet has seen. I must not be on the planet. Oops. I mean, if you're not watching if you haven't seen the Marvel movies then you've been specifically avoiding them, I think. In which case you don't care about the spoiler. I don't care about the spoiler, but I haven't been avoiding them. I just don't like watching movies. Uh, all right. So shall we move on? No, because I also had a Shesler. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I cast Jonathan Tucker, who I've only seen him in a couple of things. He's got a minor role in Westworld as like a Civil War captain who is doing some crimes on the side. And he was in The Ruins, which is a scary movie that I recently watched because... It's October and it's time for scary movies. And he was supposed to be the romantic lead in that movie, but he's got kind of crazy eyes. So I could see him as being a noble who's, you know, reprehensible. Okay. I'm pretty sure that he was in episodes of Westworld that I have seen, but I do not remember him. And now I'm scrolling through his IMDb to see if he was in anything else I've seen. He was in Hannibal, but I don't remember any characters from Hannibal. Uh, what else? Yeah, I've seen Hannibal, but I don't remember him being in there. Uh, nope, I got nothing. All right, now are we ready to move on to the Emperor's yes, Soul? now. Yeah. Right, All yeah. All right, what do we have for the Emperor's Soul? Like, cast list, or? No, we're, we're gonna, we're, we're overviewing, so. Okay. 
Does anybody have anything overviewy that we didn't already cover regarding the uh, Emperor's Soul? It's most it's a lot of spoiler stuff. I think that has to do with the cell system in general. It's kind of the interesting bit here, and there I guess like it all has to do with drawing shapes or characters or something or like I don't know. Ge- geography specifically. Yeah, geography. Yeah, geography. Uh, I think we pretty much covered it in the what's your, who's it. Do you? Oh, I did have one thing. I meant to look now? this up. I'm glad I'm remembering to bring this up. I forgot to. Um, was Shy in uh, the Way of Kings? No, not that I'm aware she of. Okay, she was not the the world hopper that was with Demo and Galadin. The, okay. The, I meant to go back and look that chapter up and see if it was a name that sounded like Shy, but I forgot. Yeah, the world hopper that's there, you don't know because right, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know who it was when I read it, so I thought it might have been Shy. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'll go ahead and and let you in on this one. Uh, the character is someone named Bayonne, uh, who we will meet in um, White Sand, which is the the three part comic book that we're gonna do after Oathbringer. Uh, so you're not going to meet him for a while. She's from Dune? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he and... He, he is. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, so my, my question for Dave is, do you understand what magic is Shy doing? Yes. All right. Would you like to tell us? No. Okay. She's and that's been the Cosmere self- Deep Dive podcast, <laughs> everybody. Thanks for joining <laughs> us this week. So I have a question for Dave. Would you know that this was the same planet as Elantris if we hadn't told you? Uh, I would um, be only because of the blood sealer, probably. Maybe if they, I think they mentioned Jindo, so I think I would have by that. And also the, like the blood sealer is a dead giveaway. Um, In what way? In that he makes a rune, covers it with blood and summons skeleton dogs. Okay, but what does that have to do with Elantris? That's the magic that the Emperor uses. That, like, it is not. Draython and Kao. Nope. It is, it is right. different. So just to remind you, uh, their magic system of their particular... I think it's they have different, uh, what, like, cloisters? Yeah, I guess they do bone shaping, and yeah, the bone shaping is different their, from... They shape their own bones into probably some type of geography. They shape their own bones, which gives them access to certain power whereas the blood sealer is drawing runes using shy's blood or whoever's blood he needs so there are differences on on what that is and just as a reminder we also have uh what was his name the the shudin guy shudin oh that was his name shudin yeah he his he does martial arts which is figures like he's i don't want to say dancing but he does shapes and things like, like that with his body which does magic so formations tai chi yeah it's like tai chi that's how i pictured it mystical tai chi chi. so it's all about how you draw your shape so we got you can draw them on bone you can draw them in the air you can draw them with your body or you can draw them on stamps or using blood that's that's or or dave has me thinking now with the chai tea or you can draw them with the cream in the top of your coffee. And oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then they can make like different elixirs with effects and stuff. Dude, that's legit. Like, I don't care if the book never mentioned it. That is accurate and is somewhere in the in. Yeah, itself. I can. I consider that canon. There's a whole nation of baristas 
that have coffee <laughs> magic. You heard it here first, folks, on the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast. Yeah, no, that's... I consider that canon, and I don't ever need Brandon to confirm it. Mystical chai tea. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, they would be exactly opposite on the planet from Jindo, where they have mystical tai chi. So, like, complete opposite sides of the planet. Gotta be. Okay, uh, do we have any more questions for Dave? Do you have any questions for us, actually? Nope. Uh, Alright, so let's get into cast lists for uh, the Emperor's Soul. Uh, so, Dave, start us off. Alright, for Shy, I got Knives Chow. That's Knives Chow from the uh, Scott Pilgrim movie. Yeah, from I the comic. The not, not the actress that played her in the movie. Knives Chow from the comic. Oh, you want the comic book Knives Chow, okay. Or the girl that played her in the movie, whatever. Alright, um, let me actually look that up so we can have an actress name attached to it. Knives Chow. Ele- Ellen Wong. There we go. So, all right, Craig, who do you have for um, Shy? So uh, I will have to apologize because I I would have loved to do a Taiwanese actress, but I I suck at actors and actresses, so I don't know who's what. So I went with Karen Fukuhara, who is Japanese, but she's in The Boys, which you guys see. I've been watching The Boys. Can you tell? I um, can tell. Yes. But I, I honestly I think she has. I think she could do a great job, and I think she has a bit of shy's look to her i i think she could do really well based on what i've seen so there you go okay i went with primarily comedic actors for this one um or at least actors who have been very good in comedic things uh so for shy i went with mindy kaling which is weird because i i only picture her from the office and i can't picture her her, that well her character being shy yeah her character from the office is basically the complete opposite of shy but um comedy is hard which means that comedy actors tend to have a lot more range than they ever get a chance to show off being in comedies so mindy kaling why why did you decide to go comedy with this is it like that's my question (laughs) i'm not sure i just sort of went with a theme okay i didn't have a reason for the theme probably would have been a better theme if i'd had a reason for it but i don't uh so tori who's your who's your shy um, so I did try to go with mostly Asian actors for this one, the same way Mike did for all the Alephi in Way of Kings, uh, but I don't watch a lot of Asian TV, so I apologize if I don't pronounce any names correctly, but for Shai, I have Duna Bay, who was Sobi, the uh, nurse main character lady from Kingdom. All right, sounds good. Uh, I can't find her. It brought up Google Maps when I typed in Duna Bay. Did you break Google? If you type her name properly, as in just copy what Tori put in the cast list, then she pops up. Although it says Bay Duna, her name. South Korean actress. Yeah, I got it off of IMDb. Where she's listed as Duna Bay. D-O-O-N-A-B-A-E. It might be because they they do the family name first in Japan, I think. But she's Korean. You said she was Japanese. No, my actress was Japanese. Tori's actress is Korean. Uh, Let's move on. And I believe Mindy Kaling is of Indian descent. But I'm also pretty sure was born and raised in America. So anyway, uh, who do you got next, Dave? Um, Dad priest. <laughs> but grandfather priest. <laughs> Grandpa, Grandpa priest. 
Jonathan so. Freight. Gautona? No, Gautona. Yeah, that's the, the character's name. Okay, Gautona, Jonathan Freaks. Okay. I'll say his name properly, Gautona. <laughs> I, I did Sir Ben Kingsley because does everything. Yes, love him. Fair enough. Uh, I went with Andre Brower, who A, is an excellent comedic actor, B, has huge grandpa energy in everything he does. Like, yeah. That's what you need. Yeah. You just need good grandpa energy for this yeah. role. Uh, that's what I'm saying. And yeah, Andre Brower. I selected Chow Yun-Fat, which the internet sometimes puts as Yun-Fat Chow, just so we get that out of the way. But age him up a lot. Um, actually, I don't know that you need to. He's... How old is he these days? Uh, Not he as is... old as I need him to be. It says he was born in 55. So, yeah, he's 65 years old currently. But like, he, like, doesn't age like everyone else, so... Yeah, he probably just doesn't look it, but he's 65. He... Yeah, but I picture Gautona as being, like, 90. Yeah, he's, like, white hair, beard. He's an old dude. So, yeah, I, I would go with 90. That makes sense. Give him 30 more years. I mean, we can always just throw some makeup on him. I like That's his value. I, I like his best choice. Yeah. All right. Uh, who do you have next, Dave? All right. Mom Priest. Uh, I wouldn't call her mom. Would that be Frava? Yeah, Frava. Um... I put, wrote the lady that's in everything, and she played Jan in Monk's Wife. <laughs> Jan from The Office, and also Trudy Monk. Yeah, what's that actress's name? And I saw her recently in something else, too. I can't remember what, though. Damn, she, was in, to... the, she was in the movie with the two Jasons. The love you guy. Wait, was Jason Sudeikis in that, or just Jason uh, Siegel? Who's the other guy? Okay, so... Trudy Monk is played by... Crap. Where is it? Played by... No, that's the first I oh. got her. Uh, no, Paul Rudd. That's the other guy. Melora Hardin. Yeah. I was... I was. I found her by way of The Office, and I was scrolling down to cross-reference Monk because I have not watched either of those anywhere near enough to get that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, Craig, who do you have? I have not cast anyone else, so... You don't have a Frava. Okay. Uh, yeah. My Frava is Maya Rudolph. I, who is that? You don't know who Maya Rudolph is? No. I don't know anyone. Well, you guys don't realize this. I don't know people. She's been oh. a Saturday Night Live cast member. She was in The Good Place as the judge. Yeah, she's the judge. She's, I know who she is. She's been in movies. She's been in TV shows. She has been in many, many, many things. She's so nice, though. I can't see her being mean Frava jerk. You can't? Well, not the stuff I've seen her in. She's always a nice character. I I am a hundred percent certain she could pull it off. Oh yeah, I'm sure she can. For my Frava, I went with the landlady from Kung Fu Hustle. Oh, I that's have the so actress's good. name here, but that that's irrelevant because I'm casting the landlady, not necessarily the actress. Yeah, that's really good. Have you guys seen Kung Fu Hustle? I have at one point. I I don't remember it, but I have seen it. Okay. Um. Stephen Chow is in it, but he doesn't matter because the landlady is in it. <laughs> okay. Like, the movie is about him, but it it does not matter. The landlady. I'm going to have to watch that again. I saw it on one of the streaming services as I was browsing for a movie the other day. Yeah, same. Wait, no, I haven't seen Kung Fu Hustle. I don't know. I get all these movies. Okay, well, you should check it out. You should have I ample... I saw some other comedic martial arts film. Was it Kung Pao? 
It might have been Kung Pao. Okay. I don't know. It's, I've seen one of those two. Um, they're sort of on opposite ends of the screwball comedy kung fu movie spectrum. I saw the one with, uh, I think, a giant fist through a building. I think Maybe. that may have been Kung Fu Hustle. Then I've seen that. There's also Shaolin Soccer. No, I have not seen that. Okay. You should also see that. That's one of Stephen yes, Chow's I other... Yes, I've seen Kung Fu Hustle. Okay, okay, we're good. But yeah, I should watch Kung Fu Hustle again. Maybe I'll do that tonight after the wife goes to bed. She is, as as you may have guessed, not a big fan of screwball comedy kung fu movies. But it's such a wide and diverse genre. How can she possibly avoid it? I can think of exactly three movies that fall into that category, and I already named all three of them. That's where I was going with that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two of them are by the same guy. All right, um, so yeah, I had I had Maya Rudolph, you had the landlady. Dave, who do you got next? Uh, right, the blood sealer. I forget his name, if he had one. And I just wrote the lizard cleric from Order of the Stick, like we talked about. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. In fact, the blood sealer was not named. So, so good job. You got his... As close to what his name would be in the credits as they would appear. I don't know. I feel like the blood sealer, he comes off as very young and he tries to act confident, but he's not. Whereas the, the lizard cleric, he he's co- like he radiates confidence. He knows I mean, exactly. a young version of the lizard cleric. I'm good with that. Um, all right. Craig, you said you didn't have anybody else. No, if I think of someone, I'll let you know. OK, uh, I cast Steve Buscemi. Which, Hello, fellow kids. Yeah, that that counters the whole young thing unless we want him to wear his music band shirt, which I want that shirt. That's such a good shirt. Um, Yeah, Steve Buscemi, because he looks sketchy AF, and I feel like the blood singer, <laughs> the blood, the blood sealer, rather, uh, should just like extremely visibly, like as soon as you see him on the screen, you should be like that. Mm, that dude's sketchy. We shouldn't trust him. And Steve Buscemi just sort of exudes that. Man, he just plays with a little blood. Don't don't be prejudiced. Like, in real life, everything I've heard about Steve Buscemi is he is literally the best person on the planet. But, yeah, he just he just exudes that, that exact level of creepy, and I want that. I see it. All right, so, Tori, what you got? Uh, for the Blood Sealer, I played up the young angle, so I went with Justin H. Men, uh, who plays Ben in the Umbrella Academy. Okay. But also, Ben from the Umbrella Academy has the, the creepy powers that I thought, okay, that's got Blood Sealer levels of energy there. All right. Uh, Dave, do you have anybody else? Uh, yep, I got one more for Emperor Soul, Jerk Guard. Captain Zoo. Captain Zoo, I wrote Christopher Helmsworth. His, his proper name. You Chris went with Hemsworth. Thor? Yeah, he can play a jerk. All right, uh, so skipping over Craig. Wait, 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 wait. We can cast, um, shoot, I'm, I'm forgetting his name, but he's the guy in Iron Man 2, the villain. Mickey Rourke? He's, no. Sam Rockwell. Hold on, am I thinking of the wrong person? I don't know. I just he's listed a, the two villains from Iron Man 2. Ah! He's some knife person in Spy Kids. You, you gotta give me more than that, man. Oh, well. He plays a bunch of villain characters. That's what he does. I'm drawing a complete blank to his name. I will find it, though. Give me a sec. Move on. We'll come back. Okay. Uh, I cast Hiroyuki Sanada, who 
is a Japanese actor who's been around for a long time, and he's been in lots of things. Uh, I rather enjoy his role in The Last Samurai, which is a, a guilty pleasure movie of mine. But most recently, I saw him again in Westworld. Uh, was he the? Was he also in Endgame, Avengers Endgame? Yes, yes, okay. he was. I cast him in Way of Kings. I don't remember as who, but I'm pretty sure I've got it written down somewhere. But yeah, he's great, and he was in Sunshine, and he's fantastic. Yeah, he's pretty okay. good. I, I figured it out. Okay, Danny Trejo. That is not the guy from Iron Man I, 2. I, I know. I, I looked up. Although Mickey Rourke also works, too. So I'm going to go with either of them. Okay. Yeah, Danny Trejo has been in a lot of stuff and not any Iron Mans. I, I apologize. I thought, because I haven't seen Iron Man 2 in ages. For some reason, I thought it was him. But he does play Machete in Spy Kids, which is really weird. That's why I remembered it. He also I plays Machete in Machete. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. But yeah, he's typically the villain, and he does that on purpose to sort of try to encourage people to not be villains. So he decides to play really good villain. He's a nice guy. All right, uh, my Captain Zoo is Andrew Hare from Letterkenny, which you guys haven't seen, despite me recommending it many times. Correct. I've seen a few episodes. So, Andrew Hare. Uh, he's one of the um, hockey players. That clears up everything. Well, if you've watched Letterkenny, there are two hockey players. They are visually distinct, but they're functionally the same character. They always appear together. It, they're, they're Jonesy and Riley, and I've watched every season like four times. I'm still not 100% sure which one goes to which name. So, all right. Uh, Dave is going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to start talking about Shadows for Silence. So, Dave, let us know when you're back. Uh, I've been back for a couple of minutes. Oh, you already did your thing? And I had a couple more Emperor Soul characters. Oh, okay. I didn't Did realize. Did no one, no one else cast an Emperor? Uh, no, because he doesn't do <laughs> anything. So you're you're literally just putting a face. Stuff at the end when he finally has a personality again. Yeah, I like mean, the if king, we're gonna Robin Hood men in tights, they they cast the king, right? Yeah, fair enough. And I if guess we're gonna have him show up at the end of our fictional movie. We need someone to play him. Actually, we. If if they ever film this, they'd probably include like extensive flashback sequences. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So who do you uh, got? Or cast for us, so that's good. Daniel Day Kim from Lost. All right. I also cast someone as uh, she's in the. Going on. Yeah, I also cast she's in the painter. Um, I know he doesn't show up, but again, flashbacks. He would show up. Indeed. Uh, from Big Trouble in Little China. Nice. Because he is like 90. He was born in 29, so yes. Our building exploded in green flame. Green flame! Okay, nobody else got that one. All right. Um, so yeah, let's talk about Shadows for Silence, unless, Tori, you had more? Nope, that was it. Cool. All right, Dave, what, what questions and or concerns and or comments do you have regarding Shadows for Silence? Where the magic at? The magic is in the silver. The magic but is why? in the friends we made and the bounties we murdered along the way. It's not murder. It, it's technically not legal murder. Correct. It is. It is killing. The killing murder. Um. So, like, is there? Uh, I got a good question. Is there in investiture on this planet? Like, yes. 
because I mean, does Shadow actually have anything special other than a dead grandma and a silver dagger? As far as we know, she doesn't do anything special. But there is the planet is invested. Didn't you say the shard was dead on this planet or something? Or the shard was mortally wounded on this planet, which definitely had some effects. But it did not die there. It has well shattered elsewhere. Splintered. I keep using the wrong words. You guys can correct me. The splintered planes. I think shattered is actually the splintered plane. <laughs> That's what it was called in a draft. Whatever. It's it's a broken crystal word. Cleaved. So I think shattered is is appropriate. Um. Yeah. There is there is investiture. Uh. You saw most of what we know about it. Just so you know, because I don't think it's spoilers to mention it, the shard that was mortally wounded there is Ambition. That was actually the first mm-hmm. shard that has been destroyed, because then it was Devotion and Dominion over on Cell. They were killed next. I see. Yeah, there have been some shard fights. All off screen, because, well, no, yeah. we did get ruined in preservation fighting. That is on screen. Adeline was in a shard fight. That's <laughs> true. We don't mean those kind of shards, though. So, all right. Uh, anything else we want to talk about with Shadows for Silence? Yeah, you got any other questions for us, Dave? Uh, Nothing comes to mind. How about the evil? Did you have a theory about the evil that we talked about already? Or was that... Uh, no. Nah. Are we treading new ground here? Because I forget. I Dave don't remember talking about the evil. the evil. I mentioned something about the evil, but that's So, bad. I guess to refresh people... Uh, on this planet, there is something known as the evil that happened back on the original continent and forced people to move to new continent. And that's it. That's what we know. I didn't even know this book had continents. I thought it just had, like, Fort Town and Mushroom Town or Forest Town. No, there's, there's a big continent and a small continent, and everyone moved to the small continent because the big continent was taken over by the evil. Um, also, this short story was written for Dangerous Women. Uh, I, th- I know we mentioned it before, but just as a repeat, Dangerous Women, which was a collaboration done with George R. R. Martin, right? And the whole idea is, you know, we want dangerous women. And uh, Sanderson wanted to do something different. I, kn- I know this is mentioned in the postscript. He wanted to do something different than just the, the typical femme fatale type characters. And he's like, L- I got to do a mother and she's going to be a secret bounty hunter type thing. And there you go. And that's how we have this story. And the framing story was almost cut because it's, you know, from a different perspective. But it sort of works. And also he liked the idea of the uh, of of the the name scheme uh, like, uh, on this planet. Oh, yeah. Of like Silence, William Ann. Yeah. Red. Yeah. Red doesn't really fit. Sabruki doesn't really fit. Well, they had uh, the, the guy with the long neck has a weird name that also works. Oh, it works. So. It has like this whole like 16th, 17th century pioneer America type feel to it, where you have like um, qualities of people are also names. Like there's there is a character from Good Omens that whose name would fit perfectly well yep. here. Yep. Of thou shalt not commit adultery, Pulsifer. <laughs> uh, well, one of the shoot, what was his I mean, name? Chastity is a name. Oh wait, I've I've got that. Hang on, I'm finding it. It was... Um, okay. The so- Salem Witch Trials was done by Cotton Mather, but his father was like, Increase, Increase Mather. So we had Cotton and Increase, and that's weird. So that works. Uh, all right. Shall we move on to Castless? 
Well, I think Tori had something. I, I yeah, the, there was the the character that you're thinking of was the horse thief that was talking to Dagon in the in the way stop, and I don't remember what his name was. But yeah, they had weird names back in like this early 17th century. So now shall we move on to Castless? Yeah. All right, Dave, who you got? Start us off. All right, uh, Silence. I wrote Julia Roberts, probably a little younger. His silence is what, like 30, 40? Although Julia Roberts is like in her 50s, so she could probably play like a 40 year old now. 50 something Julia Roberts looks like 40 something normal person. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Salma, Salma Hayek is in her 50s, and that's just not fair. <laughs> Uh, so, Craig, who do you have for silence? Uh, I cast Julia Walters, who is the mother, the mother Weasley in Harry Potter. Because I wanted, I wanted mom, but also kicks energy, and she does that. Yeah, that's a good look. I like that. Uh, so I have Susan Kelechi Watson, uh, who plays uh, Randall's wife on uh, This Is Us. She has a name. Blanky got it. It is pulling up the IMDb. Uh, her name is Beth. She is Beth on This Is Us. Oh, that gives me another view. Uh, shoot, give, give me when Tori goes. I'll, I'll I get another name. All right, Tori. I cast Naomi Watts. All right. Okay, my other cast choice can be. I'm gonna say her name wrong. Tara G. P. Henson. She's in like Hidden Figures, and she has that like mom energy as well she's in the karate kid i think she's the mom in the in the new karate kid movie ah okay sorry you guys haven't seen hidden figures which i I think is pretty good i have not i i should i heard it was really good yeah but she also works okay um so who do you got next dave girl william ann Uh, william ann yeah uh i wrote petra from ender's game because i don't really know any like 13 year old girl actresses uh, from the movie? I, I, kn- I knew some from, like, Nickelodeon when I was a kid, but... Are you talking about the movie or the book? Uh, I don't know what she looks like in the book, so the movie. Okay. Uh, then, actually, the the actress who played Petra in the movie is Haley Steinfeld, uh, who I am personally a big fan of and have used her before. Uh, she was also in the Coen Brothers remake of True Grit. Uh, she has done... Oh, she voiced uh, Gwen Stacy in Spider-Verse. She's in Pitch Perfect, too, I think. I have not watched any of the Pitch Perfects, and I don't plan to. <laughs> okay. But yeah, she's pretty so, good. So my casting for William Ann is Maya from Phoenix Wright. <laughs> I bet you Dave can figure out who I cast for the other girl, Sabruki. Uh, they're not really cousins, though. Shh. Wait, they are cousins. What? Maya and, and Pearl are cousins, but Sabruki and what's her face? Sabruki William Ann. and William Ann are not cousins. Uh, so my, my William Ann is uh, Lyric Ross, who plays Deja on This Is Us. I sense a theme. Uh, the theme continues for a bit and then it falls off. So. so I also don't know any child actors, so I really had to search for one. And I picked Mackenzie Foy, who plays the daughter on Interstellar. Okay. The one who grows up to be uh, the captain in The Martian? <laughs> what? I, I still haven't watched The Martian. 
Well, dang it. All right. Uh, hey, I read the book like you told me to. Wait, can I change my um, answer to Natalie's daughter from Monk? Sure. <laughs> nice. But she's like in her 20s now, probably. Oh, we just have to Her name was like time. Emmy something. I forget. So is Haley Steinfeld. So you're not you're not actually any worse off. We previously approved the use of Time Machine in casting list. Yeah. And in what may be an a-, a first, uh, we have a new person who just joined the Discord while we're recording. So welcome, Aquafish. You're going to hear this later. Back Hello. to the cast list. And if you would like to join our Discord, please take a look at our Patreon, Cosmere Cast. Patreon.com slash Cosmere Cast. The invite link for the Discord is is there. You do not have to um, give us money to join the Discord, uh, but you can. You you can do you can do both of those things as separate action. But we do have a lot of fun things on our Discord if you would like to join. Uh, all right. So where are we at? Whose whose turn is it? And what character are we on? I've lost I the three. Uh, I got I got other girl. Sabruki. Okay. I wrote Rue. All right. From from Hunger Games. Yeah. Yeah, that Rue. I have pearls. His name. Pearls from Phoenix Wright. Uh, I. Sorry. You you started saying something while I started saying something. So say your thing. Got him. Okay. Um, I did not cast a Sabruki. Amandala Stenberg. Well, so Brandon Sanderson, I think he mentions that she has dark skin, which is usually the way he is referring to somebody of African descent, right? Or that like skin tone right uh frequently but not always okay there there are there are many skin tones that that can be described as dark yeah okay but i thought brandon specifically like used that uh terminology but anyway that's like why silence mentions that sabruki couldn't pass off as her daughter i think for the most part which is why she calls her her niece but she's just a girl that she rescued from a village to village or something. I know it, specifically when he does races, he specifically tries to make them different than than Earth. Races. Well, I mean, like, obviously, like this enough. isn't somebody descended from Africa or Asia or Europe, like yeah. But but unfortunately, we don't have access to actors from different planets, so we have to make true. do as best we can. Uh, all right. So Sabruki, Tori, you said you didn't have one. Nope. Okay. I like what I like what Tori put in her cast list, though. I put just get some kid to do it. Maybe it'll be her big break. True. I keep seeing these child actresses and well, specifically actresses, and they keep popping up in things as they grow older because that's just what they do. Right, and that's uh, I know we I just said we approved the use of time machine in our cast list, but. By the time you see a child actor who is doing a great job in a movie, well, you know, it takes a year or two of production for the movie to come out. So the kid's already like a teenager by the time you see them again. Mm-hmm. And I just can't picture casting a teenager in the, in the role of an eight-year-old kid. So, all right, well, Dave. She does act a lot older than she is. All right. I wrote Taxman. Theopolis. Theopolis. That's right. Uh, Paul Rubens. Okay. Who you might know better as Pee Wee Herman. And also, the uh, uh, he was a vampire in the live-action movie previous to the series of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm not sure why I said live-action. I don't know that there's an animated one. Anyway, 
uh, his death in that was wonderful, and I'd hope he re- I hope he would recreate it for this. Now I gotta look that up. It's glorious. If you've never seen it before, you are in for a treat. Uh, so, Craig, who do you got for Theopolis? I got no one else. Okay. I am done. I have Justin Hartley, uh, who is in This Is Us, following the theme. Uh, he was also the Green Arrow back in Smallville. Um, and I'm sure he's done other things, but those are what I've seen him in. I cast Burn Gorman, who was the bad guy in the recent Netflix original movie, Enola Holmes. Which is cute and a good thing, and you guys should watch it. Burn Gorman. The name sounds really familiar. He ah, looks okay. familiar, but when I looked at his filmography, there weren't a lot of things that I should have recognized him in. Like, he was—he had a small part in one of the Batman movies. Uh, he was but, also in Pacific uh, Rim. He was in um, the the Doctor Who spinoff. Um, Torchwood? Torchwood, yeah. He, had, he, was, he was one of the main cast of Torchwood. I never watched Torchwood. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, yeah, okay, that's what I know him from. Uh, all right, so Dave, who's next? Uh, that's the last one I got for Silence. Okay, uh, Craig, you also ran out. Yeah, I'm done. All right, I have three more. So I have Chesterton, and playing Chesterton is Sterling K. Brown. Uh, I like it. Who I have previously cast as Sazed, uh, but yeah, he's he was in, he's in This Is Us. He was in Black Panther. He was in Supernatural. He's been in other stuff, but I've seen him in those. I cast Bill Skarsgård because, again, it's October. I've been watching scary movies, and he was in the It remake, and I felt like he had serial killer vibes, like, real good. Okay. I can't tell which Skarsgård is which. I know there are many of them, but, yeah. There are. He's he's the clown one. He's the murder clown one. Yep. Okay. Uh, And now... For my last two, the uh, the theme drops off. Uh, so I have Red, and playing Red is Kurtwood Smith. I don't know who that is. Well, he played Red in that 70s show. <laughs> I know who that is. <laughs> and that's why I cast him, because he's played another <laughs> character named Red. So specifically, are you casting him when he was on that 70s show, or do you want... I, I would imagine you want him up to be a bit younger. Uh, you know, I don't actually care. He can be, he can be current old man Kurtwood Smith. He can be a young man who prematurely balded and so looks significantly older than he is. Kurtwood Smith from RoboCop. He could be, actually looks his real age, Kurtwood Smith from that 70s show. I don't care. I cast Zachary Quinto because of his role in Heroes. I don't remember the character's name, but like... Serious bounty hunter, yeah. So good. Yeah, right. I get that. Uh, All right, so for my final casting, I have Dagon, who acts as our introductory narrator, um, and I cast Sam Elliott, because he's doing the exact same thing that Sam Elliott did in The Big Lebowski. That makes sense. For Dagon, that was where I put Jeff Bridges, because I figured Dave would feel like we had to put him somewhere. I'm going to put him (laughs) right there. Wait, like every every cast list, there has to be a Jeff Bridges somewhere. I thought that was a thing. Well, I, I thought Jeff Bridges was Hoyd. No, Woody Harrelson is Hoyd. Woody Harrelson is Hoyd. Okay, we just need a Jeff Bridges somewhere. And I did have two other characters that I cast. All right. Uh, I cast Silence's grandmother 
because she's got that big appearance at the end. Mm -hmm. And I went with Daryl Hannah because in the flashbacks where grandmother is training silence and how to be a survivalist, I was really thinking of like Daryl Hannah's role from Kill Bill, like female action star, you know, really tough and really mean. Yeah. So, yeah. And then for my last cast thing, uh, Dog the Stableman. I forgot I was going to cast Grandma, but then when I wrote it down, I forgot. I'm casting Hama from Avatar The Last Airbender. That's the creepy old lady that taught Katara how to bloodbend. The bloodbending swamp witch. Awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, all right. Is that everybody? No, you've no, got I one had... more. Yep. Dob the Stableman. And I'm, I do not know how to pronounce this guy's last name. It's Bill Baggerback. Baggerback. He's on coach. Yeah, yes, he was on coach. He's on coach. But he was also uh, from the... The Stand miniseries, he played Tom, uh, which was kind of the um, the mentally handicapped uh, big guy. So uh, who I picture as Bob the Stable Man. In, in what has become his biggest role, Patrick Starr. His biggest role is Patrick from SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> oh, wow. And he was Marshall's dad in uh, How I Met Your Mother. But yeah. I was specifically thinking of Tom Cullen from The Stand. I didn't realize... Isn't, didn't he always, like, spell stuff the same or something? M-O-O-N, that spells that moon. That spells moon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. I had no idea he was Patrick Starr. What do you think? And uh, Clancy Brown, a.k.a. the Corgan from Highlander. I love uh, Clancy Brown. He's so scary. Sergeant Zim from Starship Troopers. Uh, yeah, that's Mr. Krabs. I did not know that. Clancy, Clancy Brown is a natural is a national treasure. That dude is the the best. Kind of wish I could have gotten him in something, but oh well. Um, all right, uh, we've been going for over an hour, and oh, I think we should have one more thing. What's up? Our ranking. Oh, rankings. Yes. So oh, you want to do this? Uh, well, start with Dave. All right. Uh, let's go. I'm just gonna go. Should I count? All right. So I'm gonna go least favorite to most favorite. Um. So I got, from least favorite to most favorite, The 11th Metal, Hope of Elantris, The Rest of Warbreaker, Elantris, Shadows for Silence in the Forest of Hell, The Emperor's Soul, The Alloy of Law, Nightblood, The Way of Kings, Hero of Ages, Mistborn the Final Empire, and The Well of Ascension. So, as you can see, I highly favor Mistborn Era 1, and I know I don't have the most popular pick with number one being The Well of Ascension, but... Uh, I liked it for, there are a lot of maybe meta reasons that I liked it because of all the theory crafting I got to do with that book. Um, also it was like, it was the best of Tensoon in that book. Mm, And, uh, just the, the actual like relationships developing between characters, between Vin and Ellen, uh, Jay's and Tindwill, Vin and Tensoon, like all that, like I love all that stuff where, you know, character growth and relationships happen in that that happened more in Well of Ascension than the other two books in Arrow 1. Uh, I, like I, that. I do have the problems that I've mentioned with Well of Ascension, but I'm overlooking those because I just adored the rest of the book. Yeah, those? you should have just put Zane I, as number 13. Yeah, I, I thought like your, you your problem that. with the Well of Ascension was Zane. <laughs> I mean, but see, that's the thing. He was, he was well written. I hated Zane, but that was the point. That's true. That is true. All right. But I do like Nightblood is his own separate entry. Uh, Sitting so, at number five. 
I need to give you a heads up on that, uh, which is that Brandon is eventually planning on writing another book on uh, Nalthus, so Warbreaker World, and the currently planned title for that book is Nightblood. So <laughs> your you list is going to be real confusing come then. Or it'll be perfectly <laughs> accurate. All right. As Nightblood the character. Wait, is it going to be my favorite Cosmere book when it comes out? Hey, and I read it in 10 years? Who knows? Yeah, who can say? Uh, all right, I think Craig. it really depends on the role that Aloysius plays in the Cosmere-wide events. All right. Um, so I'll do the same thing. I'll go bottom to top. Um, sorry, just positioning it so I can see it. All right. So last place, we have Hope of Elantris. And then we have 11th Metal. Similar. Uh, then I have Elantris. And... I will keep in mind as we continue, these rankings are really hard to do. They're going to be close. I had to, I had to figure it out some way. It's, it's really minute differences. Uh, then we have Shadows for Silence, Emperor's Soul, Well of Ascension, Warbreaker, Hero of Ages, Way of Kings, Mistborn, Final Empire is number one. Interesting. Again, really hard to do. Like Final Empire and Way of Kings are almost exactly the same. Hero of Ages is not that different. I, you, you guys know I love Warbreaker, but I wouldn't call it my favorite Cosmere. It's just really easy to get into, and when I need a quick Cosmere fix, that's the one I do. But I do think Well of Ascension, for me, is the weakest entry. Um, more because I didn't fully, when we did the reread, I didn't fully remember a lot that happened. So I think in terms of like lasting, like how much it lasts in my head, uh, Final Empire... I remember and know the best. I think it's just so well done as its own, almost a standalone story. And then I think Hero of Ages is excellent for just how it wraps everything up, which is why they're the highest. All right. Uh, so my I, list. I feel like Well of Ascension would have been a good standalone story if not for the whole Vin inexplicably overcomes her ATM obstacle for no reason. Go on, Mike. Um, all right. So yeah, my list. Uh, in, in the same vein, starting at the bottom, uh, Hope of Elantris, and then the 11th Metal, and then Elantris. And oh, then, uh, those are definitive. After that, as Craig said, everything gets real, real close together, and these can change day to day. Um, but next up, we have Emperor's Soul, uh, Warbreaker, the Alloy of Law, Shadows for Silence, the Well of Ascension, the Way of Kings, Mistborn the Final Empire, and then Hero of Ages coming in at number one. Uh, so Hero of Ages sits at number one entirely based on the ending. Like, the ending really clinches this as as the top thing for me, because, I mean, how many how many series have you read where, like, the books are great, and then the ending sort of falls apart? Hmm, good point. Where where this, the books are great, and then the ending brings it all together, and it's, it's the right ending, you know? Um, and then... Final Empire is just solid all the way through. Um, like it, it stands alone all by itself. No issues there. Uh, the Way of Kings is, especially on a reread. Like the Way of Kings gets so much better on a reread, and it already started out really good. Confirm. But like once, um, once you understand the world and the characters, going back to them is is just it's so much better. Sorry to interject, but I did forget Alloy of Law for some reason. So. I put Alloy of Law above Warbreaker. Again, really hard to figure out where, but I love the setting of Alloy of Law, so it's got to be pretty high for me. 
Um, and then, yeah, Well of Ascension comes next for me, and that is... It's lower than the other two just because it doesn't have the ending of Hero of Ages, and it doesn't have the standaloneness of um, Mistborn the Final Empire. Like, it, it is... It is at the same tier as all of these. Um, and then Shadows for Silence sits as high as it does uh, because it is, I think, my favorite of the short fictions. Honestly, I just, maybe I just really like next, time, next time we do this, we can consider doing a tiered list instead of a, a ranking. I mean, it's all S tier and then, like, Elantris <laughs> is B tier and that's it. Yeah, like, but you could do S, double S, triple S. I mean, <laughs> we can figure it out. Uh, all right, Tori? All right, starting at the bottom, no surprises, Hope of Elantris, and then 11th Metal. I, I think you guys already covered that pretty thoroughly. Yeah. But then the next one for me, and I'm sorry, you're going to hate it, is Well of Ascension. Well yeah, of Ascension, it's it's not my favorite Mistborn book. <laughs> it's, no kidding. Uh, there's a lot of government in it, and I'm not very civic-minded, and I just, yeah, not... Not my favorite. I love Kinsoon, puppy, you know, but it's also got Zane, and it, it, there's just not a lot of redeeming qualities there. I, I feel like the Final Empire is just so good, and it stands alone, like we talked about, and you feel like it ends in a good place, they've defeated the Lord Ruler, and then you immediately are thrust into everything's going wrong when you get into the second book. And, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> it's good though because that's like the tension well, and... building and exploding in your face. Um, I do. Uh, yeah, well, well, and I've got to say, right? Um, I've got to say though that I based my rankings on my desire to reread the books. So, th this is probably not how I would have ranked them as a fresh on my mind first read. You know. Um, but when I think about, when I go back and think about these books that we've already read and I think, well, would I want to reread that book? Well of Ascension is low on the list for me. So there's that. Next is Shadows for Silence. Um, because again, everything goes wrong. It's also kind of scary and I don't do like the dark and scary things. <laughs> so, um, it's, it is a great story, just, uh, not high on my rankings. Then Elantris, Emperor's Soul. Alloy of Law, Warbreaker. Are you guys still with me, or did I cut no, out you're, again? you're good. Keep going. You're good. Okay, good. All right. And then Warbreaker. And Yay. getting top. Yeah. Hero of Ages uh, is in third place, and only because the ending is so absolutely perfect. I feel like, I've said it before, the ending of the, the Era 1 Mistborn trilogy is the most perfect ending out of all the endings, but the problem is that I have to get through the rest of Hero of Ages to get to that ending. I just really like the final empire, which I put at number two, and the rest of Hero of Ages does not compare to the whole of the final empire, except for the ending. So the ending is the only reason Hero of Ages is in third place on my list. And then at the top of the list is Way of Kings, Again, based entirely on my desire to reread the book. I get that. Um, especially your Hero of Ages stuff. Like, 75% of the book is just, hey, remember Hope? That's gone. We don't have any more of that. There isn't. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, that can like, be, that can be tough our, to get through sometimes. 
most of our rankings are very similar. I mean, the bottom two are just the bottom two. And it, it's sad. Yeah, and I flip-flopped them. I put the 11th medal uh, behind Hope of Elantris, mostly because Hope of Elantris had a better like meta backstory to it. I just don't like reading Hope of Elantris. I mean, I like I sort of forgot it existed until we did our podcast. Like I could forget Eleventh Metal existed, honestly. Yeah, I, well. I I get where Dave's coming from here because Hope of Elantris actually does add at least a little bit new, where Eleventh Metal is literally just that thing that Kelsier mentioned a couple of times. Uh, here's here's that in slightly more detail. Yeah, but. it's almost like. It was in the book and made it to the cutting room floor kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, both of those, 100%, you don't ever have to read. You don't ever have to read them again. You are missing nothing by skipping them. You're good. So, so from what you guys are saying, I think that I liked Elantris better than you guys did. I mean, it still fell similarly on my list just because the other books stand out as better than Elantris. But I actually did like Elantris. I point that out. No, I, th- I, mean, I think Elantris is fine on a reread. It, yeah. It's his first published story, so it, it feels rougher compared to the others, but it's fine. It, it has I think some it's good. It's good he got rid of the triad format. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And I think it's unfair to compare Elantris to the Final Empire or to the Way of Kings. But if you're no, comparing Elantris to any other fantasy novel by any other author, then I, I think it ranks a little higher. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's sort of my yeah. issue. I can't get into other fantasy books because I like Brandon Sanderson's stuff so much. It's just a different level. So so what we're saying, I guess, is there's nothing wrong with Elantris. It's a great book. Correct. It's just not anywhere near as good as what we know Brandon is otherwise capable of, of writing. That's it. So my thing is, I know you guys were surprised that Warbreaker wasn't number one for me. No, it wasn't. I, I, I expected it to be highly ranked. I didn't expect it to be number one because, again, we have I did. We have Stormlight. <laughs> we have Mistborn. Like those are those are objectively better books. So I maintain that Mistborn, File, and Empire is probably the best book you can start with. If if you knew nothing about Brandon Sanderson, and I had to recommend one book to try to get you into his stuff, I would hand over Final Empire first. However, if you don't have any money, I recommend Warbreaker because it's free on his website, and I think it's decent enough. So it's sort of like, I don't want to spend money on this author because I might not like him. Read Warbreaker and see if maybe you would like it. Well, that leads me into something I wanted to discuss with you guys. Uh, The short fiction that we've talked about this week, these three stories, are all supposed to be good jumping-off points for getting into the Cosmere. Yeah. Which one do you think is the best? Emperor Soul. Uh, I mean, to recommend Emperor Soul, I prefer Shadows for Silence on a personal level, but I I can I can objectively see that Emperor Soul is is the better story, uh, and and it provides more sort of of the style of Brandon's writing. Like there there aren't oh no there's there's action at the end. So yeah, like you get a good mix of of what Brandon is good at writing. You get some ideas of, like, magic systems and how he can write cool magic systems, which is for sure one of his one of his biggest strengths is cool magic systems. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, Emperor's Soul. Emperor Soul's just a work of art. Yeah, I, Emperor's Soul has uh, has more personality to it. Like, if you, if you want to, 
you know, get get to know your characters from the inside, um, which is what Brandon does a lot in his writing. So uh, Emperor's Soul. But I mean, if you if I knew that somebody liked more creepy horror type stuff, I like to that individual person, I would say Shadows. Um, a question from from Trampy. I think we can just ask Dave, of course, can give his answer, but we already know it. What book did we start with? Like, what was our first Sanderson exposure of? I, I'm, I assume it's one of these, but if it's not, you can just go ahead and say it. So where did you guys start? Um, for me, it was Mistborn Final Empire. That was the first one given to me. And I instantly love the whole um, science slash magic. Well, I, I don't want to say science, but the logical magic system that is in place in Final Empire. I'm like, this makes so much sense. It's not hand wave stuff happens. It actually explains the mechanics and therefore you can make deductions based on it. My first exposure to Sanderson's magic system and his laws was Final Empire, and I instantly fell in love. So there you go. Uh, I started with um, Elantris because that was his first book, and I start. I learned about Brandon by learning that he was being tapped to finish uh, the Wheel of Time after Robert Jordan passed, um, and then because there were a couple of years between that announcement and a book coming out, I decided, you know what, I'm going to do my research on this guy. And so I started with Elantris, and I didn't read very deeply. I just sort of flew through it, and cool, magic zombies, yay. Uh, and then I got to Mistborn, and that straight up blew me away. <laughs> um, and at the time, I believe only Elantris and the Mistborn trilogy had been, like, released, so... Yeah, that's correct, uh... Because for me, it was the same. They announced that he was going to finish The Wheel of Time. And I requested everything from the library, which at the time, the library didn't have Elantris. They only had the Mistborn trilogy. So that was my first exposure to Sanderson. And followed very closely by Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarians. Uh, when I saw that on a shelf at my school library where I was the librarian, uh, I was like, hey, I know that name. <laughs> and I read that book and I do not regret it. Yeah, the the Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarian books are wonderful, extremely silly. Um, they are they are very, very much kid books, um, but they they can hit pretty hard when they want to. Are they Cosmere? No. Oh, maybe I should check that out. Um, at the time that I looked for them to like try to purchase them they were i guess exclusively published by scholastic for like book fairs and so the like trying to get a copy off of amazon was like outrageously expensive my understanding is that they have since been reprinted by a different publisher whose name i do not remember and don't feel like looking up and so they're now much more accessible um all right so i just want to point out that i at least for me, I don't know how you guys ranked, but this was not like a critical ranking. That like this book was objectively better than the other. These were just how I enjoyed them. Yeah, that's how I. Yeah, did that's 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 how I did too. Um, Ooh, I would. Wait. I would. I was gonna. I was can gonna I, can I just do one one thing real quick, and then you can do sure. that. Yeah. Okay. So, Dave, the next book we're doing mm-hmm. is the next Stormlight book of um, Words of Radiance. Words of Radiance. All I was thinking was Rhythm of War. Except I knew the first two letters, or yeah, the first letters were swapped, and all I was getting was "Withem of Rar," and that's not right. Words of Radiance. Um, I will, I will say that in this ranking system that we have, Words of Radiance sits at the top for me, even including the other stuff we haven't read yet. 
Yeah. So I I hope that it it sits similar similarly for you because this is this is just hands down my favorite. So all right, Craig. Nice. Uh, Dave, which book, given what you read, if you were going to introduce someone, which book would you recommend of Sanders or story? Story or book would you recommend someone start at? Um, if somebody didn't want to read a novel, I would go ahead and say Emperor's Soul. But uh, funny you should ask, because my copy of Mistborn, The Final Empire, is actually sitting at work, and people have been picking it up and reading it. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> nice. So uh, I think I have to say <laughs> Mistborn, The Final Empire. Dave's out there doing the work, you guys. Nice. S- spreading the good word. All right. Um... So technically, we have a preview chapter that we should cover in spoiler time, but we've been going for a while. I kind of want to call it here and just do do double chapters next week. What do you guys yeah, think? Fine. Next week when we're starting Words of Radiance, and that's probably going to run long also. Guys, I'm not going to have any spoilers next week. Don't worry about it. For sure. <laughs> I believe you. All right, Craig, I'm going, to li- I'm going to limit you next week to three. You get three things. Three spoilers? You get three things. Not including the preview chapter. You Mike, get you're three gonna... things. No, not including... Three things on Words of Radiant. Yeah, alright, let's call it that. Okay. But Mike, you need to do better than the moderators on the presidential debates, okay? Oh, no. oh. I mean, they might as well not have been there. Like, what's the point of having rules if they're not enforced? Anyway, that's getting into politics, and I don't want to deal with that on here. No. So, alright, bye everybody. Good night, Internet. Bye, Mike. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.